0: Cheers. Cheers. Mm. All right. So what did you choose today?
1: Uh, I chose a little rebel. It's a pretty uh, nice inexpensive entry into bourbon, a little sweeter bourbon, a lot of vanilla flavor on this. You'll be able to find this pretty much anywhere. Fries, Alversons, any place like that. They're going to have this. It's, a, it's your entry level bourbon. Good for post meal. Again, like I said, because since it's a little sweeter, if you get a chance to get the rebel yell that's a better version of this but it's a little more expensive i think this costs 22 bucks $23 it's not, oh, that's not bad. it's pretty nice to to start in with it's you're not going to be disappointed with it it's it's still not what i think is the best $20 bourbon i to this day still think wild turkey 101 is the best bourbon at like the $20 price range
0: i think a good baseline is kind of 20-25 range Kind of like wines being ten to fifteen dollar range if you're looking for just the base one. I know kind of a real popular one now is called Benchmark. There's four different kinds, and I forget it, but I mean you're looking at I think the lowest one's about twenty, the highest one goes up to about thirty dollars, but I think one hits like a hundred proof. Like oh, okay. It's 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 kind of one that it might be from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. I could be wrong on that. I just remember that high proof for that low cost is unique.
1: That is unique because this Rebel is right at the bottom end for whiskey. It's at 80 proof. Right at the bottom end where it still can be legally considered whiskey or bourbon. So,
0: <laughs> Just a little bit above. Well, it would be like Russian water, basically.
1: Right, yeah. yeah Which you need to keep stuff warm in Ukraine. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? What What's... uh. If, if everyone at the beginning there heard the clink wasn't really a clink, what are you? Uh, what are you drinking?
0: You know, I officially uh, ran myself out of the sweet nectar that is doughball. <laughs> uh, need to fill up mm-hmm. on that, but picked me up a uh, big case of spiked Arnold Palmer's, or as uh, people that you know. Know the history, it's the actual Arnold Palmer. Yeah, just an actual Arnold Palmer, <laughs> yeah, right. So I shouldn't really say spiked Arnold Palmer, but let me tell you, like, I go and buy the three-pound jugs of Arnold Palmer. I think they're just the best-tasting thing, besides vanilla Coke.
1: <laughs> Arnold Palmer is my go-to drink. I love it. If I, if I want something that's just a little sweeter, Arnold Palmer, 100%. doesn't matter where I go either. It could be at, like, Dutch Brothers or any place that has tea and lemonade, that's what I want.
0: Yeah, if I go in, especially going to a place like Dutch Brothers, I know I used to go there with someone, they would always, you know, get some crazy concoction and then they'd get to me and I'd just be like, Arnold Palmer. But let me tell you, these spiked ones, I think it's only 5% alcohol, but uh, it, you definitely don't taste any of the alcohol there. So you have a couple of these and it's it's kicking quick now. I'm uh I'm a little disappointed I, I don't have the cookie dough whiskey with me, but uh it doesn't mean I, I brought a new slogan for the week.
1: I'm excited, can't wait to hear it.
0: <clears throat> a drink that smells of the ocean bay and goes down easier than U of A. <laughs> 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 yes. Drink the cookie dough. <laughs>
1: oh, Boy, that's unfortunate, huh? <laughs> uh,
0: what a travesty! Uh, let me tell you something. When when I was doing my picks, I had them going out in the second round for fun, and I love the people from Tucson. Like, ugh, like way to bust your bracket! And turns out, I gave them way more credit.
1: <laughs> the best way to bust your bracket possible. Love I think, it. Uh,
0: I heard our president picked Diove to win.
1: That doesn't surprise me.
0: Just a wee bit off.
1: (laughs) There almost couldn't be further off. (laughs) Well, this week, I actually have a slogan for cookie dough whiskey as well.
0: Oh, this should be uplifting and positive.
1: Oh, it's going to be super positive. So, when you want to go out and get wild, but have the taste buds of a child. (laughs) Cookie dough whiskey. (laughs) thought I, you'd enjoy that
0: i i do i feel like you could almost get the kids from that tootsie pop commercial back in the day
1: <laughs> well speaking of russia and all that stuff over there guaranteed a little cookie dough whiskey might be in some of their drinks
0: oh I mean, absolutely there's
1: negative 140 degrees over there gotta have a little something keep you warm
0: yeah when when your breath just freezes to your face Drink the cookie dough. Maybe, drink, I don't know. Maybe that's drink, drink anything you want, really. <laughs> anything
1: you can drink that's not frozen.
0: Would you say when we were in Chicago in 03, that was the coldest? weather? I don't know about you, but that's the coldest weather I've ever been in. That, when the windshi I think the windshield was made it 24 below.
1: I think that was the coldest I've ever been to.
0: That was the like, I was miserable.
1: And I remember we drove up from South Bend, that's which right. was which was literally just covered in snow. Yeah, There's snow everywhere. When that's the reason we had to go up to Chicago is because all of our flights got canceled. Right, like South Bend covered in snow, snowing, miserable. We get to Chicago, it is not covered in snow, but somehow way colder.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: unbelievable. There that, wasn't
0: no wind in in South Bend, so yeah. it was it was cold. I feel like it was in the twenties. Ton of snow because we we're all outside, mm-hmm. like because obviously being from Arizona. That was a a foreign substance to us, (laughs) but yeah, like it it didn't feel that cold at all. Like it was, it was chilly, but it was enjoyable compared to Chicago. Chicago was Uh, just awful. It was
1: miserable. I remember I had some sort of like long sleeve jacket where that wind was like, "This isn't gonna cut you, buddy. Sorry, you' about to get cold." You know that that was. I would agree. That's probably the coldest I've ever been.
0: Yeah, that's.
1: Because I've never been to any of the Dakotas where it gets, like, minus right. 40 or 50 or whatever the insanity they have there.
0: I know Montana the other day was something like 60 below, and it's, that's just awful. It's
1: not even weather anymore. It's more like an emergency condition.
0: You know <laughs> you know what that reminds me of when we were in South Bend hanging out is, I think, our group, because we, we were there for uh, collegiate bowling.
1: Right, the blue and gold, I think. Blue and gold tournament.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just remember all of us being outside, just hanging out in the snow, like trying to create snowballs and it just popped in my head. I think you were running after me, could have hit me with something and like my shoe just like <laughs> disintegrated as I was running. <laughs>
1: uh, that, it could have been there. The one of the years we were in Buffalo for junior college nationals, there was a lot of snow too. So could yeah. have been, could have been that trip. Because I believe the South Bend trip is when we made the huge snow pile, and then I body-slammed Jersey into the giant pile. I remember that.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, it could have been Buffalo. could have been South Bend. It was one of those. I just remember Remember, this is 03. It's a possibility I was too cheap just to go buy new shoes and instead decided uh, to get a roll of duct tape from the hotel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I and do. just duct tape... <laughs> The sole of my shoe.
1: (laughs) I do remember that.
0: Yeah, and uh, walking back through TSA with duct tape on your shoes, it raised some eyebrows. But I think it was more of just this poor soul.
1: Nowadays, they'd had you buck naked on the side. (laughs) (laughs) You got this duct taped. Yeah. What else are you hiding in places that we need to be crevicing for? (laughs) That
0: was not a threat. I was more of a concern.
1: I remember too, uh, trying to do the snowball fight. Never in my life ever like being in the middle of a snowball fight and after packing around four or five snowballs, I'm like, why are my hands completely numb? I can't feel anything. <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. This has ceased to be entertaining.
0: Yeah. I I've discovered like everyone's got talents in life, everyone has weaknesses. Uh drawing. I am the I cannot draw anything. I am like the anti Hitler of art. <laughs>
1: Apparently he couldn't draw either, though. That's that, a good point. He had to fall back on other things. Apparently, you
0: know, if someone would have just had a positive attitude and said, "Hey, great job, Adolf,"
1: keep it going, brother.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, stuff changes. Speaking of which, let's let's do, take a second from snowball fight to Hitler. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you read the article about Osama bin Laden's kid becoming a big artist.
1: No, I have not. Like, wait, the kid that was there? No, he's like,
0: and I have to go back because I don't want to get it wrong, but I feel like he was kind of already shunned from the family or, because Osama had a lot of
1: kids. I bet so he had like 47 kids, right? Something
0: like that. Uh So one of them is like becoming big in the art world and he's preaching peace and whatnot in it. Like, you know, he's kind of like, that was, you know, my father's deal. I'm I'm not following in his footsteps kind of thing. Either way let's just all agree his paintings are very good how
1: how hard did you have to avoid saying that he's blowing up in (laughs) that world (laughs) i could see you almost wanted to say it i was
0: (laughs) was watching my words carefully
1: (laughs) but yes i agree maybe just hey these are fantastic kid keep going one day people will pay for this and just move along yeah just move along
0: great great job Kevin, I don't know what his name is. <laughs>
1: that, that's true because there are a bunch of his relatives. Like he had brothers and sisters and all sorts of. He had a whole bunch of relatives that were here in the states, if I remember right.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Depending on what news organization, right?
1: At. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Snowball back on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the uh, the funny part about doing all that flying is, you know, back then. I think it was a 50 pound weight limit uh, for your check ins.
1: It still is, I think.
0: It still is. I can't, for- yeah. I always forget if it was 50 or 60, but I remember mine was, because I think I had a three ball bag and it was like 52 pounds. It was just on the over. And, you know, it kind of made a noise. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'll probably have to pay something more. Or, you know, as I'm trying to figure out, well, can I switch it into another bag? Like, how do I drop a couple pounds? Right. As I'm doing that, this lady just walks up, looks at the screen goes, Mr. Ramsey, you're overweight.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Are we still talking about the bag? or? Um, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: That's great. What about my bag here? Like, great customer service.
1: Yeah, it's 50 because I had all the 16-pound equipment, and I would have to essentially bare-bones the three-ball bag to try to sneak it in under 50 and basically just pile everything into the two-ball carriers. So yeah. it's, it's 50, if I, if, or at least it was back then. I think it still is, but...
0: Yeah, I, I haven't flown in a while. Yeah. Or had to worry about the 50, 60-pound yeah. issue, so...
1: Well, I still have to... It is 50 pounds now that I think about it, because I still do have to worry about it, because when I fly, I have to pack for a five-year-old, <laughs> and my wife also puts her stuff in my bag, too, so... Of course. Yeah. You know, it gets heavy pretty quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, can you... Do you have any, like, interesting flying experiences?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, When I flew to France to go visit my family, it had been junior year of high school. Uh, The flying there wasn't so bad as the flying back. My mom decided to buy a cat in France and then have me schlep it back like some sort of messenger. (laughs) So before I uh, could, obviously, I flew out out of Paris. So, my aunt and uncle drove me up from the southern southern part of France. We stopped at this lady's house, gave her money for this kitten, I don't know, probably twelve week old kitten. So I got this cat and then go up and now I gotta fly with this thing. Flight starts out okay, you know, they let me take the cat, obviously in you know the cabin with me, so stuff the cat underneath the seat. We're all good to go until there's about like maybe an eight year old kid so if i'm on I'm on the window, he's on the aisle seat, uh-huh. and this kid just starts sneezing, like hacking up like tears, and his parents were on the other side of the aisle, you know they're uh they're asking me you know what's wrong, are you feeling okay?" and he doesn't he has no idea what's going on <laughs> and all of a sudden, my cat just starts meowing, and they start freaking out. they're like, "Oh my God, there's a cat here, my son's allergic, yada yada, so I have to. Get all of my crap, pick it up, and I have to go all the way to the back of the plane with this stupid little cat. <laughs> go back there, and the the cat was super annoying. Like, I get it. the 12-year-old kitten, just torn from the grass with his mom and everything he knows. And now he's stuck in this tube yeah. know, with this person. So, the cat's whining, meowing, doing everything I can to shut this thing up. Can't It just will not shut up. And the flight was from Paris to New York. Uh, Not a short flight I think it was like 11 hours or something like that Yeah, and of the 11 hours This thing bitched for 7 of them Just would not shut up I tried to feed it I took it out, pet it, didn't matter This thing just kept meowing (laughs) And it's starting to grate on me a little bit Well, Mm -hmm. we get into JFK And Oh, congratulations All the flights are cancelled They're getting out of here, you get to stay overnight
0: All right.
1: So we get in this giant line to basically, you know, get all your hotel and everything like that. So I'm sitting there with my, with my luggage and I got this cat, this cat still will not shut up. Can't. And I lose it literally. And I'm sixteen, seventeen, 16, 17. And I just like pull the cat carrier up to my face and like, shut the fuck up, which was (laughs) enough to get the attention of, uh, some of the people who worked at the airline and they're like, why don't you come over here? So thankfully the cat got me to the front of the line. I got a hotel ship in, you know, it's funny. The second, the second we get into the hotel room and I let the cat out, shuts up <laughs> just quiet. This, the nicest cat that's ever lived on the planet. Just quiet. Uh, that was thankfully the next day, the cat traveled a little better, but yeah, I remember that. Uh, another cat experience. My mom was flying to Israel uh, because my stepdad had a job over there. And so she is doing the last of the cat transport. Uh, Back then you could only travel two cats at a time. So my stepdad had taken two of their cats already and she had these other two. Well, the domestic flights would only let you take one cat at a time. The international would let you take two. So my mom bought me a ticket so I could fly to Denver and fly back just so that I could, quote unquote, take one of the cats. That way then she could take the cat and take it over to Israel. Uh, this cat, it's funny, this cat usually liked me. I didn't have an issue with this cat normally. <laughs>
0: usually.
1: Usually. So I have the cat carrier. My mom is in front of me. She's like, I'll take this one. This one is a, This one that I have is a problem. It's gonna be an issue. You take the calm one, that way there's no issue. So my mom goes, they try to get first they try to get my mom to put these cats through the X ray, like they're like carry on luggage. <laughs> my mom about my mom was gonna hop over there and stab someone with a heel.
0: <laughs> I believe <thought you> that.
1: <laughs> so finally after some vicious French woman swearing at them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they're okay, well just take the cat out, you can walk the cat through with you. But the carriage the, the cat carrier still has to go. So she pulls this cat out, smooth as can be. Cat snuggles into her. Cat carrier goes through the x ray. She walks through, good to go. They look at me and they go, same thing. Hey, right, cool. So I open the cat carrier. This cat pokes his head out, sees all the people, immediately retracts into the back of the cat carrier. <laughs> Will not come out. Now, my mom can't come back through. She's already on the other side. She can't come back through. So now it's up to me to get this stupid thing out of the cat carrier and you know at first i'm trying to be sweet hey come here come here it's okay come here you know i try to give it a treat no this dude he was not moving he's in the back of the carrier telling everyone fuck off i'm this is this is where i live now <laughs> so I, I i get a little irritated i'm like okay enough of this we're done playing so i go to reach in and grab him by the scruff of his neck mm-hmm. you know because usually that will Make the cat just kind of go limp and you're good to go. Well, as I grab the scruff of this cat's neck, he turns around and takes a big old chunk out of my thumb. (laughs) Now I've had it. So now, since the cat has literally just, he's literally just pinned himself on the back of the cat carrier. I've now picked up the cat carrier and I'm like trying to dump him out like he's trash and I'm just trying to dump him out. I'm banging the thing on there to get him out and my mom is looking back horrified. Like, what am I doing to her cat?
0: It'd be My, great if she's like, I, I I forgot. That's the problematic one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Oops. I forgot which one I gave you. <laughs> finally, finally, like after like I, it, probably two, like two straight minutes of me trying to just dump this cat out. The cat finally loses grip and falls out. And I grab the cat by the scruff of the neck and grab him and just basically just snuggle him. Well, at that point now, all he wants is to snuggle. And so he literally snaps into my chest and he's there. So now the cat carrier goes through. I'm sitting here with my bleeding thumb. Walking through. The cat carrier comes around. I go to open the cat carrier. This thing jumps out of my arms into the cat carrier, into the back of it again. After that, you know, I got got some, you know got some antiseptic for my thumb. I mean I was bleeding pretty good. He got me real good.
0: That's the fun part about the end of fingers too is they can bleed like, oh, a yeah, good amount. It was
1: bleeding all over the lower place. Some of, these are uh, Beerman cats. They're just like snow white cats. So this oh, cat yeah. had blood on it and stuff like my blood on it. <laughs> of course, my mom was like, oh my god, is he okay? I'm like, mom, it's it's my blood.
0: Yeah. And
1: yes, I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like the cat took its paw and like, wiped your blood across its
1: chest. <laughs> like the predator? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just, ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, most of my uh, horrifying stories involve animals. Usually when it's just me, we're okay, but yeah. <laughs> Either that or when you get placed next to gigantic people. And me saying that is pretty funny, because usually I'm the biggest person on the plane, but not right. always the case.
0: Right. Like, uh, taking a flight where I sat in the middle seat between you and Carl Simonas on <laughs> a four-hour flight to Philly. Great time. <laughs> Let tell you, my shoulders never hurt so bad. <laughs> just contracted in. Like, you both just think it's a game, and I'm sitting here like, middle gets two armrests. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what you didn't know is that while well, you got the armrest, we got to use your shoulders as armrest. Yeah, I so. uh,
0: wasn't aware of that. <laughs> um, Unwritten rule. <laughs> the, the funny one I always think back to with flying was I used to not be the best at flying, and then... It's kind of one of those... Uh, I have to say, when you get in a terrible relationship, you really stop caring about fears that you have. And you're just like, whatever, I don't care. And then after a while, you're like, you know what? Flying ain't so bad. Well, then I take a flight out to Reno for nationals. And I get to the flight. It's southwest, so... You know, I'm mid bees. Like, there's probably about 40 people ahead of me. Well... Our friends, Brett and Angie, who we were bowling with, are about 10, 15 people ahead of me. Uh, our mutual friend, Alan, is about 10, 15 people behind me. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we we hung out a little bit. We all had a beer before we took off. Then we're getting on the flight, and Brett and Angie like, are about halfway down the plane, on the left side, sitting. I think Brett's got the window, Angie's got the uh, aisle seat. And right across from him is an empty uh, aisle. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, I'll sit on the window seat. I'll save the aisle for Alan. Four of us can be able to hang out during the flight. Cool deal. So I'm sitting there, and I'm tucking my carry-on with me, getting my stuff out. And I look up to see how close Alan is because I want to make sure. Like, I was going to put my bag on the seat just so I could save it for Alan. Like, as I go to do that, I realize Alan has already moved into... Brett and angie's aisle like he made angie sit in the middle and he's sitting on the aisle i'm like oh cool man don't want to sit with me i'm screaming i'm like i'm like someone won a master's title more recently on this flight <laughs> and we're all joking he's like oh like i didn't even see you there i'm like sure because we weren't you know just hanging out for the last hour like whatever hang out with the guy that's been on tv real cool man Make his wife sit in the middle. <laughs> and as he's like, Oh, I'll come sit back down. At like the exact right moment, this like just absolute gorgeous woman walks up and she's like, Is anyone sitting here? And of course, looking at Alan, No, nobody is not. <laughs> and Alan's like, oh, Excuse me, that's my seat do But nope, nope, fuck off. That's mine. <laughs> so she sits down and Throughout the flight, like, her and I are just kind of chit-chatting back and forth. Which is tough, too, because Alan's like, have you gotten her number yet?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Alan 100% will go hard to paint on that.
0: Yeah. And I was like, all right, I might have deserved that a little bit. We're talking, and she is not good with flights. She's pretty antsy. And I'm kind of explaining to her, i like, I've got a friend that's a pilot explaining all these things, which was a complete lie. Mm -hmm. But it's making her feel better. Like, there was one point, too, where... I kind of had my hand on the middle seat when I was turning explaining something. And we hit, like, started to hit turbulence. I'm trying to explain, like, and at one point she's grabbing my hand. And I'm like, turbulence is going to get this guy some action. (laughs) So we get done with the flight, go to uh, baggage claim, and she happens to walk up by me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she's interested. And uh, we're sitting there talking. She gets her bag. And then all of a sudden this girl yells for her. And uh, she turns like, "Oh, that's her ride, and then they embrace, and I go, I don't think I ever had a shot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was that was an interesting flight it's uh let me tell you something, even with your wit a woman that is not physically attracted to your gender <laughs> uh <laughs> it doesn't help when your friend is right behind her just yelling random things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I could see Alan one hundred percent. Yeah, he's that. sitting
0: there. He's like, he's a bowler. You don't want nothing to do with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was flying into Reno, right? Yep. Yeah, that flight from Phoenix into Reno gets bumpy towards the end. Uh,
0: every time, too. I never look forward to that flight coming into Phoenix from Reno. It is awful.
1: The only, the only flight I was a little more worried about was flying out of israel because uh, when i left israel that was when tensions got real hot at that time and they uh i don't remember i think it was Pal- someone in palestine was threatening to start shooting down commercial jets that are flying out of the israeli airport
0: oh perfect timing i was like this
1: is good let's uh yeah and so essentially i just remember as we're taking off i go well let's see what happens <laughs> No yes. use worrying about it.
0: Right. No use worrying. <laughs> Let's look at it. We got a 50-50 shot.
1: Interesting part of the world. I'm glad that I went, but I have no want to ever go back.
0: I don't blame me one bit. They're, uh... <laughs> I, I tell you what, though. You took that trip all through Middle East and whatnot. I still have the uh, Sphinx that you got me. Oh, yeah. Uh, still, it always goes up in my house as my centerpiece.
1: <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. That was... uh. There's a big bazaar in Jerusalem. So it's not, it's not as big as the Grand Bazaar in Turkey, but it's, pretty, it's still pretty big. It's funny, if you walk through there, you can see what absolute bullshit it is mm-hmm. that people talk about how the Jews and um, Islam and the Christians all hate each other. Literally, when you're walking through that bazaar, it's you know, an Islamic shop next to two Jewish shops which then is next to a Christian shop, which is the next to two Islamic shops. And there, they don't give a shit. They're just it. They're basically just like, hey, you leave me alone, I'll you leave you alone. We'll sell some overpriced stuff to a bunch <laughs> of these tourists, and we'll call it good.
0: Yeah, we'll call it a day. We'll go out and celebrate.
1: <laughs> yeah, it when you, when you get into the middle of Jerusalem, yeah, you, you almost see how most of that stuff is manufactured because the people who are forced to live together in that small space don't hate each other. Yeah. They, they literally could give a shit less. Yeah, it's, yeah,
0: I get it. Yeah, the uh, you mentioned Turkey. It brings up a couple weeks ago, I work with a girl who's from Turkey, uh, just a, a real sweet girl, and the other day, she came into work, and, like, you could tell she was pretty distraught. And I just, you know, walked up, like, good morning, I'm like, how are you doing? And she just goes into this whole, just epic rant of how scared she is, uh, that was when uh, Turkey had that giant earthquake. This is maybe a month ago. Yeah, maybe a little bit more than that. And just talking about, you know, she's waiting to hear from her family, like waiting to hear from friends over there. Uh, the the village where her family lives, the hospital collapsed. Oh, uh, like just a, I mean, it was it was a good like five to seven minutes of just what she's been through the last twenty four hours, and she finally like. Finishes up, and my response to her was, "I'm fine, thanks for asking." (laughs) (laughs) Which, thank God, she's got a great sense of humor and said, "It feels good to laugh." Like she appreciated that because obviously could have gone a different way.
1: That that that's quite a risk, especially with someone from work that could have gone 180 real quick.
0: Yeah, wouldn't be the first time I've gotten in trouble. (laughs) So.
1: Well, I bet if you were to wear that uh, Rob O'Neill Front Towards Enemy shirt, (laughs) you might get a couple of uh, odd looks around there, probably.
0: Yeah, and that's good to bring up, too, because that's that's another problem I have. And it's like anyone that knows me uh, knows I'm a big fan of Rob O'Neill. And for the people listening that aren't caught up on Rob O'Neill, Navy SEAL, 17 years as a Navy SEAL. Uh, and, like, completely decorated. I think he had over 400 missions. Uh, His famous ones are he was the captain of the squad that rescued the lone survivor. Uh, He was on the squad that went and rescued Captain Phillips. Not one of the shooters, but I believe he was in the rotation for it. Hmm. But then, obviously, his most famous one is uh, the Bin Laden raid, and he was actually the one that shot and killed Bin Laden. Uh, And... You know, it's one of those where his name obviously didn't come out for a lot of years. And then I think he donated his uniform that he wore at the raid to the 9-11 Museum in New York. Donated that, made some speeches, and it's kind of one of those, as he said, when you hear families kind of talk about needing closure and he, you know, starts opening up, telling them about the mission, telling them it was him that shot it. Give them closure. So he started coming out and pretty soon the word got out of, you know, as he said, he goes, I had Twitter... And I had like 10 followers. Because it's me and my buddies just talking shit to each other. Just having fun with it. And he goes, one morning I woke up and I have 30,000 followers. And I go, I think something might have gotten out. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, uh, I, it, and it's one of those, I'm a big fan of his, obviously. For you know, anyone that gets in the military, I'm a big fan of. But somebody that goes to that length and accomplishes all he did. Big fan. But even the better part is, like, when you get to hear him talk, he's just a regular dude, too. Yeah,
1: he's from he's from Montana, right? Yeah. He's just a regular, like, dude from Montana. Just
0: a regular dude from Montana that, you know, like, yeah. So now, you like, that's one thing, too, is, you know, you listen to him talk, like, regular dude. Loves drinking. Uh, I follow him on Twitter, and you can tell when he's had some bourbon in him. Because <laughs> then he gets very opinionated on there. And, God, he is so... so The life goal is to buy him a beer one day. But yeah, the other rant I could go on is, like, why doesn't he have more followers? It it kills me, too, back when, you know, the whole mask deal where you had to wear a mask on a plane. Like, if you want to eat or take a drink, you can pull the mask down, take a bite or drink, and pull it right back up. He took a selfie on a flight where he pulled his mask down, took a picture on a flight, and then... It went kind of viral because it's like he didn't he didn't have his mask on, and Delta banned him from flying. It's like, are we seriously doing this? Like, didn't somebody even read the news a little to be like, hey, this is kind of a dumb move by us,
1: <laughs> and clearly was trolling because I'm pretty sure I would bet if you asked people who were on that flight, probably put the mask back on. Like I'm sure he just didn't take yeah. it off and leave it off.
0: It's one of those you pull it down, you take a picture. Put it back up. Right. Yeah, but of course, you know, when there's a picture of you without a mask on.
1: Right. Well, I would imagine the answer to your question of why doesn't he have more followers is probably, if you think about it, he's probably split. Probably half of the people in the nation. Eh, probably not the type of people who would follow him. We'll yeah. D- we'll just, I'll be generous and just say that. That they're not, that's not the person they're looking to follow on Twitter.
0: All right. Decorated war hero, not a fan. <laughs> right. We get it.
1: And, when, and like you said, real opinionated about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it's no secret, especially now that Elon Musk bought Twitter and has been releasing the Twitter files. No secret that it was pretty easily proven that a lot of the conservative or Republican people were being shadow banned and followers removed and things like that to, to basically just you know, shrink their, their reach. So, those two things, I would say probably answer your question probably pretty succinctly.
0: That's a good point. My, I just, you know, I guess it bothers me a little where it's like, you know, you look at, see if I can look it up quickly, but let's say for Twitter, like, you know, celebrity, let's say Kim Kardashian for one.
1: I'm going to guess Kim Kardashian has 170 million followers.
0: Let's see. Okay, she does have Twitter. Uh, Oh, you're giving her a lot of credit. She has 75.1 million followers. Wow. All right, now let's think for a second. What has Kim Kardashian done?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, she's an actress of sorts. She's been in some homemade movies and some other movies that Hollywood (laughs) has made. Uh, (laughs) To be fair, from my understanding, she is a very good businesswoman she runs her business as well. She has a knack for what she does in the business world. That being said, if you're going to completely ignore the fact of how she became famous, contributing to that, I think you're a little foolish. But, listen, she did what she did. I'm just going to leave it at that. And she yeah. capitalized on it.
0: Right. Now, look up Rob O'Neill. Is and
1: he actually, even at a million?
0: He is at 588,000.
1: That's insane.
0: Which... There's a lot more than recent. Boy, maybe that shadow ban had a thing to do with that.
1: There was... Uh, Rogan talked about it. When Elon bought Twitter, within a week, he had gained... Something he said was somewhere like seven or 800000 within the week. Huh. That, that Elon had purchased Twitter and, and did whatever they did. That doesn't surprise me. It's still, five hundred k is a little soft for the dude who capped Ben Laden.
0: Yeah, like... And it's one of those, you know, I hate the fact, too, that, you know, there are kids nowadays learning about 9-11 in their history classes in high school. That it that hurts a little to hear. But to hear for that whole event. And then here's a guy that was part of the group that took out number one man in the world. Five hundred (laughs) thousand followers. Let's take a girl that made a sex tape been on I mean are they reality shows they're scripted
1: yeah scripted shows is what they are yeah I mean, they pretend they're reality but they're all scripted
0: right and yeah you know what yeah I, I think you're right if you take away how she originally got famous uh, yeah you know what she's made some business decisions that you know it have made her a lot of money gained her a lot of fame it's just for you know I, I just think the balance is completely off of who we should be idolizing uh, right
1: have you uh, ever heard Rob O'Neill talk about why he went on the mission to uh, to kill Bin Laden?
0: Absolutely.
1: It's, for people who haven't heard it, I don't know what you would search to find it, but there's a, probably like three minutes before he gets into the actual story, when he talks about why he did it, and it's like three minutes when you listen to it, and you're like, oh, I get it now. It's... It, it could bring a tear to your eye because of what he talks about, like, what happened during 9-11 and such is what right. prompted him to, like, because most people thought on that mission, they thought it was a suicide mission.
0: Yeah, it, they thought it was a one-way mission. You know, if if somebody's going to have, you know, a house that's going to be rigged and blown up, it's going to be a lot because they sure. would never let anyone capture him. And that makes complete sense. So, yeah, you're looking at the one, and I, I'll admit, I am a man whore for Rob O'Neill. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I bought a ton of his shirts. I I had uh I bought his book, had it autographed by him. A great line in there too. It is great. My book is something uh, that he says, yeah, fighting Afghanistan was funnier than your comedy. <laughs> Cheers, Rob <laughs> O'Neill. I fucking love that.
1: It's so great.
0: Uh so I think I, I I've heard him tell the story millions of times. I'll listen to it a million more. The uh the best one I would recommend for people that want to watch is to look up YouTube. There's a lot of them, but I think the best one is if you look up uh, Rob O'Neill Kid Rock Cruise. Because he go he's on a Kid Rock Cruise, and he's kind of telling a, a shortened version of it because he can go through a lot of details on it. But This one's kind of a, a quick, detailed one, but also kind of the uncensored version of it. So there's really good parts. and Yeah, the part where he talks about You know, and I think that's a a thing too, of uh, because, you know, when they're told, hey, like, we're going to train, but at the same time, we're not exactly sure if you guys are going to go in, if we'll drop a bomb, there were still different options. And uh, President Obama went with, let's go in. As he said later, he goes, I wasn't sure Bin Laden was in the house, but I was sure you guys could go in and find out and get out. Like, he had the confidence in them. And it's like, you know, I, with Obama, I agree with some stuff he did. I didn't agree with some stuff he did. But I will commend him for making the decision to have those guys go in. But, yeah, when he talks about, uh, you know, when the guys are talking, like, why are we doing this mission? He goes, it's not for us. It's not for fame. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for the single mom that dropped her kid off at school on a Tuesday morning. And an hour later, she jumps off the top of the Royal Trade Center instead of burning alive. Right. And as she's falling, her, like, last act is to grab her dress and hold it down so you can't see her underwear. Like, right. we're going for her. The way he, I, you know, I, I didn't tell it the greatest, but the way he tells it, especially on that Kid Rock Cruise one, just, like, man, it, it hits hard.
1: For sure. Do you, uh, Do you remember where you were on September 11th?
0: I do. I was a senior in high school. I was... In the bathroom, uh, washing my hair, uh, and combing it when my dad called, um, and my mom answered, my dad said, turn on the TV, we're under attack. Uh, yeah, turn on the TV and it would, it was, uh, maybe two or three minutes after the second plane hit. And obviously it's one of those you put together right away. Like, you know, for the people that tuned in or saw the first plane, Anything could happen there. But, yeah, the second one hits, and everyone's got the same, like, okay, yeah, we know what's what's going on. I remember, um, yeah, it was right after that. And the funny thing is, too, is being a senior, I was taking class at that time where the Friday before, I had to give a presentation. Like, people had to choose a monument or a place and do a presentation on it. I did the Pentagon the Friday before. So, uh in that class, like we were watching with the towers... I went to the next class, and that's when the news started coming up about the Pentagon. And just... What a fucking crazy day. Where were where were you?
1: <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to tell the entire story here. Uh, so, it's, it was a Tuesday morning. So, I, I was at MCC, and I was playing football.
0: Oh, you're older than me, so uh, you were in college already. I
1: was in, I was in college already. <laughs> so, I'm playing football... And the way our schedule worked is that we'd play on Saturdays, college football. We would do film and recovery on Sunday. Monday was off. That was just a complete off day to yourself. Tuesday, you get back into it. So since Tuesday was the day we got back into practice and getting ready for the next game, I had all my classes super early. So I'd, I had a 7 a.m. English class. And then I had a marketing class at 8 And then I had, I think, an economics class at 9. Because basically I I wanted to be done by 10 because we did weight training at 11. And then practice would start like at 1. And then we'd go till 5 o'clock or something like that. So I get in the car. And I lived really close. I lived like pretty much right. And I was living with, with Dad. So I lived right next to MCC. It took me four minutes to get there, especially in the morning. So get in my car, pop in. I don't even turn the radio on. Yeah, whatever. It's going to take me five minutes to get to school. So yeah. I just hop in, go on the, get on the freeway, get off, hop in, get into my class. And I get into my class and it's like a little quiet-ish. Because by, at, by now, when I got into class, by the time I got to English class, the towers had already been hit. But I didn't know this. So I roll in and 7 o'clock hits and... You know, about five minutes goes, no one says anything. Teacher hasn't gotten up, hasn't said anything. The whole class is just kind of quiet. I'm like, this is kind of odd. Usually, I can't remember her name, but usually she's like at seven o'clock. We're we're fucking going. Yeah. About five minutes in, she says, you know, I just don't feel like it today. Uh, Go ahead and just take the rest of the day off. Go, you know, go work on the essay, whatever we were working on. Go work on it. Just take the rest of the day. In my mind, I'm like, yes, I fucking hate this class. Yes, this is sweet. So I get up, I get out of the first one out of the class. I'm like, all right, cool. I got some time. I can do some work. I got my marketing class coming up at eight. Uh, maybe I'll work on some of that. So I walk around and there's basically where the marketing class was, was next to like where the big like open grass area was. So I kick, lean back on a tree, start to kind of work on some stuff and, I see my marketing teacher walk up to the door and he puts something on the door and walks away. Huh, what is this? So I get up and I walk over, and the note says, uh, class, uh, class is canceled today. You know, I'll see you Thursday. And I'm like, cha-ching. <laughs> Two classes? What a great day this is. This is amazing. <laughs> so I go and I. I now, because usually it was a struggle to t- get all my stuff done before football started, so mm-hmm. I got plenty of time. I'm breezing through all my work, and then I walk over to the part of campus where my economics class was, and same thing. I get over to the economics class. There's a sign on the door: class is canceled. And I was, I I might have said, I might have said out loud, "This is the greatest fucking day ever." <laughs> I don't know if people may have heard it, but I had no idea what was going on.
0: I, I feel like someone heard it, and <laughs> they still hold a strong opinion of you. So,
1: I uh, I get a bunch more work done. Like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go into like you know the the student center. I'm gonna grab some. I usually would grab like a muffin and some something to drink, like orange juice, right before I, so I go work out. So I walk in, and it's a quiet. Which was not out of the normal But it was quieter than normal I remember that it was way quieter And so I'm just walking through And I get into the cafeteria area And usually by the time I get there After my economics class So usually it was over at 950 By the time I get there it's usually packed Or there's a lot of people there I get there, no one's in there And once again fist pumps myself <laughs> Fuck yes, no one's here So I go out and grab all my stuff I roll up, I'm ready to pay So I got my money out and I just have, whatever, I had my muffin and, and orange juice. And she looks at me, and she just waves me through. She's like, get out of here. Didn't, now, it's like, now in my mind, like this is the greatest day that's ever happened. There's never been a better day than today. <laughs> so I, I take my tray over. I got my book, put it down. I'm working on my muffin. And now what was really weird is that where everyone sat in the cafeteria area, that was never quiet. But when I got in there, it was super quiet, and then like right then, it was like super eerie. And I look up, and there's a TV there, and I'm looking at the same TV everyone else is looking at, and it's you know the towers are smoking and stuff like that, and that was uh, <laughs> that was how I found out that uh yeah the whole day like from from six forty five in the or from seven when I got led out of the English to that might have been like I don't know nine thirty nine forty five I don't really remember the time. I was thinking this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. This is great. I haven't had to sit in a single class and listen to people drone. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. That was uh, that was how I found out about it. Wow. Funny uh, funny, add to that story is, so I obviously I go into the I go into the locker room and all the guys are in there, and we're watching on the TV in the locker room what's going on, and uh, coach rolls in. I'll uh, I won't say his last name because I'm about to say some stuff that <laughs> that. Oh, boy. <laughs> he rolls in, he just says, you know, today's been a pretty shitty day. Uh, I'm about to go call the coach from whatever school we were playing that week. He goes, what do you guys want to do? And we just kind of sat there and we were we basically came to the consensus that, hey, we want to play. Mm-hmm. And he goes, cool. He goes, I'm going to call them and I'm going to see if they feel the same way. So he leaves and, you know, we're just... You know, now at this point, it's a somber day. You know, this sucks. Right. Right.
0: Now you're caught up.
1: Now I'm caught up. Now it's no longer the greatest day that's ever happened. Yeah. And he comes back probably like an hour later. And he's like, I just called coach from wherever school is. Uh, They're on board too. And then he proceeded to say some pretty derogatory stuff about people who may or may not have flown into buildings. (laughs) And the, what they were and what they believed in. For about three minutes was laying into him. And we got, we were pretty fired up. I mean, he was, like, if that would have been said today, like, not only would he have been fired, but, like, his kids would not have gotten jobs. (laughs) And we, You guys uh,
0: probably get canceled yourselves.
1: Oh, yeah. Just from listening to it. Yeah. But, yeah. We ended up playing. We we won that week, too. I remember that. Yeah. That was, uh, that was my day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a. (laughs) It's. Every time I tell that story to someone, the, the bet, uh, it always gets someone after the third class is canceled. I'm like, this is the best fucking day of all yeah. time.
0: <laughs> Not one of those like, boy, why is everything canceled? No I It's idea. like, nope, just, what a day. Just I feel the, like you're skipping to each class. Another cancellation. Doing the Anakin. Yippee.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. After, like I said, audibly, I was like, this is the greatest fucking day of all time. I just, like I said, I bet you someone heard that. And was like, that guy's a real asshole. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, you know, 21 years later, they're sitting there, where were you, 9-11? Like, I was in class, and <laughs> I was on campus. It was so sad. And then this big fucking prick just comes skipping by. This is the greatest day of my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And they've just wondered ever since. Whatever happened to that horrible evil?
1: My <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope that guy got hit by a truck or something. <laughs> like, fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> you know what's crazy too is hearing some of the stories around, uh, you know, people that were supposed to be on that flight. Um, or I remember too, I worked with, I worked with a couple that moved. I think it was, like, from Florida out to Arizona. And the, the day they flew out to here was 9-11. And they were in the air when the captain came on the speaker and announced that they were, I think they were doing an emergency landing in Texas, but basically explain what was going on. Oh. And I'm like, man, to be on a plane during that, like,
1: imagine, pr- imagine the, yeah, Imagine the alert five you're on when you hear that. Yeah. And immediately you're just looking around like if anybody stands up, they get punched in the face.
0: Exactly. It's like I'm <laughs> not saying anyone profiling that day, but we were all profiling, <laughs> right? But yeah, the I think the you know it's funny because I hear like things about like Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be on a flight. There's one that my coworker claims is true, and I looked it up, but I don't, I don't see any credible things was supposedly Michael Jackson was supposed to have a meeting in the restaurant at the top of the tower uh that morning, but it got cancelled. Huh. And it's like I looked it up and I'm like, I'm just not seeing credible sources on that. <laughs> but the one that is true and I always thought one interesting one was Flight Eleven, the first one that flew into the uh trade tower, Seth MacFarlane was booked on that flight.
1: Oh, I think I'd heard something about that.
0: Yeah, and he was actually at, uh, if I remember right, I think it was, what was Logan or LaGuardia he was at, that that flight left, but it was one of those where he said, you know, I was supposed to be on the flight, but I was uh, passed out, and I missed my flight, and he goes, now, it's nothing new, because, he goes, you know, I drank a lot, I stayed up late, I miss a lot of flights, but he goes, usually I just, you know, go up and say, hey, I missed my flight, I need to reschedule for another one. But he said he was at the airport and just kind of found a place and passed out, fell asleep because he had been up late drinking, working on some stuff, and, yeah, he wakes up, and as he's rescheduling the flight, shit starts going down, and then once they get the information out, it's like, huh, my flight was 11. Oh. It's one of those, like, oh, <laughs>
1: And they say drinking's never saved lives.
0: Yeah. Same with the, uh, there's that video of the guy on the ground screaming about, uh, that he worked in the trade center, and he's like, I was late because I stayed up late watching Monday Night Football. He's running around, Monday Night Football saved my life.
1: Wait, the day of?
0: Yeah. It's on some, somebody that was recording down there. You could hear that guy screaming about that. Talk
1: about not reading the room right.
0: Yeah. Maybe want to hold that
1: one in for a little bit.
0: Yeah, maybe uh, not not try to uh win- make it all about you that day. And yeah, can you believe too it's going to be 22 years this September 11th could
1: legally buy a drink now. Well, oh, yeah. I guess my god.
0: Yeah. It's uh I am
1: <laughs> kind of makes me glad that I'm not working at a bar still cuz I think looking at Birthdays that are in the two thousands that can legally drink might might have broken me. <laughs> Isn't it crazy
0: that ID checks now? If you see a one at the front, you just hand it back. <laughs> that that hurts a little bit. <laughs> it's like uh, you know when you have to put in your information, put in your date of birth, and instead of just typing it, they have the thing where you can scroll. But man, you got to spin that thing like you're on the prices, right? <laughs> to get back to the eighties and yeah. <laughs> like why don't you just let me type it in <laughs> uh so i was just gonna say too uh, i don't know about you but getting some feedback on uh on our podcast so far uh it's been interesting uh you know you're not everyone's gonna like your stuff you hope everyone enjoys it but you know you'll get good and bad feedback and you know uh, the first few things i hear is why'd you trim your beard <laughs> and uh
1: so why did you trim your beard
0: you know, anyone that uh, grows some beards and gets it thick, sometimes it's just one of those... Yeah, sometimes if, you know, you're going through the day, your beard gets a little out of whack, and you're tasting hair a lot, gets a little annoying. Also, with the temperature starting to rise, uh, your face is going to sweat a lot. When you get a sweaty beard, it's it's pretty annoying. Okay. So it's one of those you can trim it a little bit. I tried, Man, I took that that one garden and just trimmed it almost clean i've seen myself clean shaven it's a horrible sight it's like you know what if i don't like it it'll just grow back
1: fortunately you can do that i've never had that issue with the beard being too
0: much so <laughs> well there's there's good and bads with it but yeah when uh when you're like what do you think of the podcast? why'd you shave <laughs> <laughs> all, all right good to know uh there seems to be uh, a lot of discussion about our our table.
1: Oh yeah, the the little table.
0: Yeah, I kind of like it. I do like it. And uh, you know, it's I'm 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 about to start referring to this as the last Jedi table because nobody seems to like it yet. It makes me like it more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it does come with a little bit of purpose too. Right. For when it comes to recording these, uh, it's nice to have a microphone that can be close enough. That it's there, but not in the eyesight where if I'm trying to talk to you, it's not sitting right in my eye line when I'm talking to you. <laughs> so, Right. And here's another thing. Shoestring budget. I already had this table. Yeah. It's free.
0: <laughs> yeah, You know what? We had to go out and, and buy the mic and get everything ready. And uh, you know what? We, we had a table available and uh, it's practical. <laughs> it works. Uh, I'm wondering if it can hold my weight because I want to plank on this thing.
1: Zero zero chance. Yeah, this this will not hold you. Yeah, or if it does, it's it's gonna scream
0: about it. I was say it's it's gonna yeah. As soon as I get on there, you you'll hear that table just go. <gasps> <laughs> but just the you know it's 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 funny too to hear kind of interesting feedback. But it it reminded me of uh, like a year and a half ago when I went to see it into the main event of the World Series of Poker, uh, getting a chance to play and. The thing is, you kind of feel like you're on a free roll when it pretty much cost me three hundred bucks to win a ten thousand dollar entry seat. And uh, a couple days before, I went I went up early just to kind of have a couple days to hang out in Vegas before I I played. And uh, when I was there, uh, for um, everyone that watches poker knows a little bit about poker, or even some ESPN commentary, they might know Norm, Norman Chad commentator that's been on there for 20 years now uh he's kind of the color analyst he was on twitter talking about uh picking you know sleeper picks each year uh so just you know put why should i pick you put reasons kind of thing and you know so i put down like hey you know i'm a bowler uh been doing stand-up and you know i was a poker dealer at the time and figured those are three things he would like
1: here are three things that could point to me being a degenerate gambler.
0: That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he responded. Uh, him and I did some exchanges. He ended up picking me as a, a sleeper pick for uh, my block. Um, so got some TV time that day, um, and you know, with uh, ten thousand dollar entry, first place was like nine ten million dollars. Like I'm I'm paying attention to that game. Uh, so my phone's off when I'm playing and every two hours you get like 15 minute break. And I was really trying to stay away. Like I wasn't checking my phone or anything. It's just, let's just concentrate. Cause we had some, uh, really good players at the table. And, uh, the only person I was really talking to was him. Cause you know, he's like, give me some chip updates. Cause they have a live stream. And, uh, so yeah. Then he asked what table you were at. Uh, I start getting, you know, some cameras on me. Um. Doyle Brunson was playing at the table behind me So I kind of figured the cameras were for him Yeah so finally before the I think it was before the last break of the day So I'd been playing about 9-10 hours um, About 2-3 hours more to go of it And I finally turned on my phone And It was kind of one of those where Notifications are just like Like I remember Facebook Had like 80-some Notification pop up And I'm like oh my god <laughs> And then my uh, texts—I had like 115, I think, in a bike. Okay, I'm like, well, either uh, the camera was on me, or something terrible happened, and I've had my phone off this whole time. Uh, could have could have been one of yours. This is the greatest day of my life. Oh no, I just. <laughs> watched the news. But uh, I checked Facebook real quick, and yeah, uh, my friend had. Uh, was showing the live stream, so I was on it, and they were talking about me, so I'm like, okay. And I was like, well, I'm like, you know, I'll have to look at this later. Obviously, all those notifications, like, people had opinions on it. <laughs> but, you know, you get that part where you're like, wow, I apparently I've had some TV time. I got my little 15 minutes of fame today. Like, you kind of start popping that ego up. And, uh, you know, I was playing really good that day, had a big chip count, so I was... I was riding high And then I made the mistake Hey, let's look at some texts <laughs> And uh, The first text is From one of our old friends And uh Anyone in our group knows Exactly what I'm talking about First text Good god, how fat do you plan on getting? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was when I turned my phone back off and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be famous.
1: (laughs) This this is stupid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) How
1: how long is the day there? You said you played for 10. You had like another two or three hours ago.
0: So with uh, blind levels, um, you know, you go to any tournament, you know, like a regular daily tournament, because, you know, it's 15, 20 minute blind levels. Um, Main event, it's two hour blind levels. So, it, there's, and they gave you a lot of chips. There's a, like, plenty to play with, but yeah. So, every, it's uh five levels a day. So, basically, you're playing for ten hours. Um, I think at the end of the day, they would do five, like, five more hands and then call it a day. But, yeah, you would get 15-minute breaks in between each one. I think at the end of the third level, there's a 90-minute dinner break. So, pretty much about 12 hours is, you know... In the casino. I mean, well, I should say the casino, at the it was at the Rio, so it was down in their convention center, which is enormous. Yeah. Uh, Because you can have, I think they had three gigantic rooms, just poker tables. So, yeah, if you don't like poker, it's the last place you want to (laughs) be. Especially with all the, you know, shuffling that people do with chips and whatnot. It just sounds like crickets chirping throughout that thing. So, yeah, you're, I mean, tons of people. um yeah, what a what a just crazy experience with that one. But yeah, long day. Actually, during that, uh, the guy next to me, uh, him and I started talking once the because he even asked me. He's like, "Are you famous?" I'm like, "I'll be famous one day, but probably not for a good reason." <laughs> uh, but yeah, he noticed it. You know, I I told him about the sleeper pick thing. We got to talking after a while. Very nice guy. Um, we ended up we had a couple pros at the table. One very. Like I wouldn't say he's—he's he's not famous with like the general public, but like inside of poker, that guy was is is a machine.
1: So like you recognize him instantly.
0: It's kind of one of those where he sat down and right away I'm like, okay, I don't exactly know his name. Uh, he's from South America, so I wasn't—I couldn't exactly remember his name. I just knew I've seen this guy, and he's not bad. And the crazy thing about, um, you know, with. Uh, you know, all the internet available is you could look somebody up instantly. So once I was sitting there, I'm like, I know who like finally someone says his name, I'm like, that's who he is like that's that's what his name is. you know, so on a break, I looked up just okay, let me check his stats real quick kind of thing, and it's like I think his online earnings from poker was around 25 million <laughs> like and he's a, he's a young kid, but he's incredibly smart, just one of those chess players. That just, like, because poker can be chess, you know, because there's so many spots where you can make different moves and just... I've never seen a guy... Probably never will, as long as I play, see a guy that just owned a table like that. Like, everyone was just like, okay, you're better than us, so we're just going to avoid you for the rest of the day. Uh, But great to play, like... You know, for a very serious player, I got him to crack a couple times making jokes, so... That was my win against him because I didn't win shit besides that <laughs> against him, um, but yeah. So at the end of the day, the guy next to me, we were talking. And finally, he's like, uh, "He's like, what are you doing after this?" And uh, I'm like, I'm grabbing food and going to bed. Like I'm, that's how I roll." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, my friend's having a party at a uh, uh, here at the Rio, and uh, you know he's got a big suite. Like you know, if you're interested, like." Uh, you know, I could probably get you in there. I'm like, yeah, we'll see.
1: And I'm one of those,
0: like, I don't really want to go to a party. Especially one where I only know one guy. And uh, But I'm like, you know what? It's at the Rio. If I don't like it, I can just head back to my room. We get done. Uh, him and I head up. There's two sets of elevators. Or I should say, because there's... I forget the names at the Rio. But basically there's two sections for rooms. And we go in the opposite one I'm in. He goes in, hits like... 27th floor, and you know, most hotels when you go up to your floor, you turn and there's just you know a long hallway of doors. We go in this one, we turn to the right, it's one door. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow,
1: yeah, <laughs> so big, big time player there, yeah. I, yeah,
0: I on the uh, on the elevator right up, I'm like, boy, I sure hope there is a party. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to this guy's room, just me and him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's going to be a party one way or the other. Exactly.
0: It was like, he didn't say there would be a lot of people there. Just, hey, you want to go to a party? <laughs> <laughs> but we walk in, and there's a bunch of, like, as soon as we walk into, there's some well known pros in there. And I'm like, oh, like, this is a pretty high class party. I meet, meet the host, nice guy, apparently recognized me from the live stream. So he's like, yeah, the, uh, you know, food's over here, uh, drinks are over there. Have a great time, perfect. But <laughs>
1: say that's all you need.
0: Yeah, that's you had me at food, but uh, booze is even better. And uh, go in, and yeah, I forget. I feel like there was like eight to ten rooms. Like it was, it was a massive setting. So, yeah, I go in immediately start stocking up on food because I haven't eaten all day. So I'm just sitting there trying to concentrate and. Any poker player knows the last thing you want to do is get busted when you have food or you're waiting for food. Oh. That's, that's not a a fun thing to have, especially when you you haven't gotten your food and you got to sit around like at a table nearby and be like, "Yeah, I'm the one that ordered food.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, me. I'll wear your chips?
0: I don't have any more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go and then I walk over. I'm like, okay, I need me a drink because I'm drained. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going by. There's screwball. There's a bunch of different wines. Like.
1: I love how the first thing you point out is screwball.
0: It was right up front. Okay. But I know me, I know check the back. So I'm, you know, kind of moving bottles aside. Like, what have we got and in the back? I see a Johnny Walker bottle. and I'm like, you know what? I think I've earned me some Johnny Walker. <laughs> I pull the bottle out and I realize it's Johnny Walker blue.
1: Oh, score. It,
0: it's the, uh, it's about the $240 bottle. Mm-hmm. Johnny blue. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, you are coming with me. And, uh, yeah, they, there wasn't any nice glasses, so it's me pouring Johnny Walker Blue in a solo cup, which is probably illegal in some areas.
1: <laughs> right now, there's a person just flipping a table right now. <laughs> just so pissed that you put it in a solo cup.
0: And let me tell you, like, you know, you pour, you know, I, I don't want to say exactly how much to pour for Johnny Blue. All I know is I filled that solo cup about halfway. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I may get awfully sick from drinking all this but i'm like you know the only thing to me that tastes better than johnny walker blue is free johnny walker blue. <laughs> so i start going to town that i tried to snap a photo without looking like an idiot in there of like because i'm trying to send it to friends like look at me i'm drinking johnny walker at some dude's party <laughs> and of course after a few drinks then i start talking to random people like which i never do i'm one of those i'll just hang out in the corner I don't, I don't need to impress anybody, but you know, you see a couple pros like, oh, I'll go bother them for a second. As I'm talking to a few people, this guy starts asking everyone to kind of move back, and we're in kind of a living room setting, guy moves everyone back, all of a sudden just starts putting on like a magic show, <laughs> like does, starts doing all these tricks, and all of a sudden there's like a whole crowd watching, I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? That's
1: so on brand.
0: For yeah. like a
1: Rio hotel poker party. Yeah. Like, I'd almost be more upset if that didn't happen.
0: they <laughs> just sit there like, I don't belong at this party. And it's one of those where uh once it finished, everyone kind of scatters about. Like, go get more drinks, go get more food. And I look around, I've got a ton of Johnny Walker still with me. And I decide, it's the perfect time to go. <laughs> I saw just a direct shot to that door, <laughs> and I took right off. Took their Johnny Walker with them, so... Yeah, if they're listening to that, I'm I'm the asshole that took your Johnny Walker. Wait, did you take the whole bottle? I might have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, someone later that night was like, "Hey, you know what? I stashed a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue in the back. Let's go grab some of that. And have that, and went back there and like, wait a minute, where the fuck?
0: What? Yeah, it's a, oh, it's a, a it's around here somewhere. D- I I swear I have the bottle.
1: Did you keep the bottle?
0: Uh. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what I did with it.
1: It <laughs> got well, drank. Well, to be fair, if you drink a whole bottle of Johnny Walker Blue, yeah. I would forgive you if you don't know what happened to the bottle.
0: I I I was uh I was hurting a little bit that next morning.
1: Did you have to play the
0: next morning? No. So thankfully since there were a lot of day ones because the fields are just huge
1: oh, yeah, 10 million dollars
0: yeah so I played on a Thursday and I don't think my next session was till like the Monday or Tuesday oh wow okay. just because there was a debate of do I go home and drive back or do I just stay and hang out in Vegas which um, I decided to stay because uh, our friend Robbie uh, was planning to be in Vegas that weekend because it was a PBA member non-member double tournament <laughs> course there was yeah and uh, and he asked me so i'm like you know what i'm like i'd hate to get knocked out that first day and not need to be in vegas but i'm like you know what hopefully i'll make it through the first day and then i can uh which i did so i was like well i need to be in vegas so might as well do the doubles tournament uh so i uh the the next day um there was like the end uh, you register I think there's now our practice, which was nice because then I ran into um, a lot of familiar faces. Obviously, Vegas close to Phoenix, like right. a lot of our friends were up there doing the tournament. Uh, you know, saw saw Smags. Uh, oh, yeah. Hung out with him, Clerk, uh, Kane. Got to give him a hug. Told him it's good to see my Eskimo brother. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> It's our podcast. I say whatever I want. You say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think the problem was, is, uh, you know, seeing everyone and, you know, everyone kind of knew what was going on with poker. So kind of built my ego up a little bit. My uh, my buddy that I was living with, he, uh, he got off work early, made the drive up that night. And uh, I think that's when we finished off the Johnny Walker, if, if I, I can kind of remember. A little. <laughs> I think I was still a little tipsy when we were practicing, but uh him and I played Pie gal and j- just drank all night. Like just in, a great time.
1: In addition to the Johnny Walker.
0: In addition. Nice. I for- I forgot what we were drinking at Pie gal t- but basically like I got probably an hour of sleep that night. And then yeah at eight AM I'm back in the bowling alley to do the doubles tournament and I remember taking a picture in the parking garage uh and, yeah, I looked horrible. And I walked into that tournament with just, like, I could have cared less. Like, I'm competitive. I want to win, obviously. But, man, I was, yeah, I was Fo-
1: hurting. Focus on survival.
0: Right. <laughs> and, uh, obviously, our, you know, our friend Robbie was my partner. You know, he's, he's you know, he's prim, prepared, uh Ready to go. And you could just see the look he had to be like, why did I ask him?
1: (laughs) Look, I have made a grand mistake here. Like,
0: he is a mess. Now, we start up, and all of a sudden, like, I'm actually not doing bad. Like, that, it it was a good line for me. Like, that shot was good. But then, one thing uh, people that bowl leagues will know about, like, you know, just Lane courtesy, Like, you know. Check the two lanes next to you. Like, you're good. You can go. You know, nobody's cutting in front of each other kind of thing. Now, in PBA tournaments...
1: Oh, the worst courtesy. Yes. So god-awful annoying.
0: Yes. Now, I've been in tournaments where they want to do two-lane courtesy, which is stupid. One-lane courtesy is more than enough. The PBA one, yeah, it's like you got to check the two to your left, the two to your right. Make sure you're the correct one on the pair, like... The whole, like, I get it, but it's stupid. Mm. No one will ever convince me it's practical. It's, like, the funny thing is, is you've got pros there, and they're jumping in front of people. And you can tell, like, people are, you know, kind of like, I want to say something, but, you know, they're a pro. We'll just let it go kind of thing. And then there's this just drunken, (laughs) messed up lefty up there who is just, like... Looking to the left, looking to the right, going, eh, I guess it's my turn. Throwing
1: stuff from the Clinton administration. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not even making that up. That is 100% That's 100% factual. facts. Yeah. Throwing nothing that's going to get me any type of contract. <laughs> uh, and actually bowling well. And we bowled on the same pair as this other team. And those guys dressed nice, had all their little sponsor shit on, and You could tell they're like, Jesus, we've got a bowl with, you know, (laughs) these guys. And I remember after a couple games, like, I'm still kind of hurting, but I'm enjoying talking to everyone, seeing everyone. And then I get the guy telling me, all right, hey, uh," because I was talking to somebody and I was up, but we were like two or three frames ahead of kind of around us. He's like, hey, uh, when it's your turn, let's be ready to bowl, huh? Yeah. And, man, I just got that look like I am not in the mood for this prim and proper bullshit. Was he at
1: least within 40 of you?
0: No. I was Fantastic. crushing this guy.
1: Fantastic.
0: And I think the next time where he's like, you know, hey, it's uh, uh, it's your turn. And I just turned to him like, i fucking go when I feel like it.
1: <laughs> Funny, I'm throwing a lot of strikes, so I yeah. don't have to go as fast as you. And there did hit Throw a point. Throw six again.
0: Yeah, there did hit a point where... They were, like, trying to explain to me how it works. I go, listen, when someone is ahead of me on the score, I'll listen to them. <laughs> right now, like, you guys are throwing spares, which is holding us up, technically. <laughs> I'm throwing one shot a frame.
1: Yeah.
0: you Like, boy, what a role model I was that day. <laughs> Let me tell you something, too. Not only was I, like, I don't think I was hungover. I think I was still kind of, like, not drunk, but... Definitely buzzing still. No sleep. Obviously very moody. And for anyone, and this is at South Point. At the, oh yeah. Their, I don't know. I mean, does it have a name? The arena or something?
1: I think it's just the South Point Arena, but it, it's it's I think it was made for bowling. Yeah. Like the idea was that the convention center area or whatnot was made for bowling. Maybe not specifically, but definitely had it in mind.
0: Yeah. I'm and, sure.
1: Sure, someone could correct me on that, but.
0: Oh, I'm sure. And I remember the thing that like set me off was there was a stand right by the lanes of, like a Nathan's hot dog, mm-hmm. just one of those little you know wheelie ones where you, like anyone that bowls South Point knows about that. The, right, they sell Nathan hot dogs right there, and nobody was there selling the hot dogs during that tournament. Blasphemy! That made me even angrier. It's like fat guy needs some something to soak in the alcohol. <laughs> no doubt
1: six hours of drinking heavy booze three three nathan hot dogs would have hit the spot for (laughs) sure
0: (laughs) yeah i think i ended up averaging in the 230s like for the eight games or whatever but yeah i mean all the people that were look obviously the people that you know know me like we got along just fine but for the people that were trying to so they say represent the sport, put a positive image on it. God, they hated me that day. <laughs> there was another kid too with a Ramsey name. I don't, I don't know him, but you could tell he was also looking at me like, "Who the fuck is this guy?"
1: <laughs> Once again, was he within forty of you?
0: Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, I didn't. Uh, I think Schmags and Kane were pretty much running away from everyone. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I was, I was holding my own, but. It's one of those, the mood I was in, all I know is after we got done, I went, uh, Robbie and I went and ate at like a local seafood place, and I, I think I just killed their whole inventory. <laughs> and then that night, they're like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, another free night in Vegas. Like, I'm going to sleep for maybe a day.
1: <laughs> oh, how's your scar looking there?
0: Uh, that was, uh, did we talk about our cigar?
1: We did not. But we have talked about this one before. This is that Cubano. This is the the oh. well. Now the wrapper's gone. I totally forgot. But and a couple of glasses <laughs> of bourbon into it. But yeah, we've had it. Was the one that was on the first podcast that we had.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah. That one is excellent. Uh, I don't usually pair a cigar with a spiked Arnold Palmer. I'm sorry, the real Arnold. The Palmer. real
1: Arnold Palmer.
0: But uh, man, that's a good mixture. I feel like it had some. Uh, maybe some hickory in it? It's
1: pretty it's pretty oaky. Uh, it has a medium wrapper on it, so it's not like a... It's not a Maduro wrapper, but it definitely has a heavier wrapper, and that cigar is a little thinner, so you're going to get more wrapper flavor on it, So as opposed to filler. So people who are listening, this far in, I don't know how long we're in now, so it's always kind of the opposite of what you think. People think, oh, if I get a big, thick cigar, that's going to be a real heavy smoke. It's going to kind of jack me up as opposed to getting a thinner one. It's actually opposite. Because on a thinner cigar, there's a higher ratio of the wrapper that you smoke versus the filler as opposed to one of those giant cigars. And the filler tobacco that's in there is exactly what it is. It's filler tobacco. You get a majority of the flavor, uh, the nicotine, you get that a majority of that from the wrapper. So you always want to pick a cigar that you know has a quality wrapper. And if you're looking for something that's going to have a little more bite, go with a, maybe go with a little thinner cigar because, like I said, you're going to get a heavier, uh, a, a lot better ratio of that wrapper versus that filler that's not going to be quite as potent. So we had a little thinner cigar today, so you probably are getting just more of the flavor of that of that wrapper. So
0: I definitely got a, a good mix in. Uh, that that was an enjoyable one.
1: That will be the last of the ones that I have, so we're going to have to switch to something next time.
0: Yeah, next time, i, I got a few things coming. We'll try those out. Those will, uh, those will go great with the sweet nectar that is cookie dough.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm sure it will.
0: Maybe you'll join me on the next one?
1: Uh, probably not, <laughs> but you never know. Next week's a new week. We'll see.
0: True. <laughs> All right,
1: brother. Cheers. Cheers,
0: sir. <laughs>